21CL Radio. You're listening to the Run Your Life podcast with host Andy Vassar. Hello, everybody. Thanks for taking the time to tune in to my Run Your Life podcast series. And uh, I want to sincerely thank you for taking the time and energy to be a listener of my podcast. It's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, and I, I love just hearing people's stories. And bearing that in mind, I want to give you some insight into today's episode. that happens to be with my good friend, Todd Stahl. Todd is one of those distinctly unique individuals who not only has a heart of gold, but is willing to take the risk to do the extremely hard work to find out what he's truly made of and how he can honor the gifts and talents that he's been given in order to make a difference in the world through his work and passions. Todd's life has not been routine or linear in any way, which is why it's really important to listen to his story as you will see that there were key pivot points in his life that threw specific obstacles in his path. You will also hear how he uses these challenges or obstacles to better understand himself and the changes that he needs to make within himself in order to find more meaning and purpose in his life. You will see that Todd's faith is extremely important to him. And making a difference by serving others is what he's, he feels that he's being called to do. He strives to do this through several different capacities, including his work as a firefighter, an artist, a children's book illustrator, an author, and the charity work that he and his wife Sherry have devoted themselves to for the past several years. What is even more unique about this episode is that I have known Todd for most of my life. I can honestly say that in looking back at the 40 plus years that we've known each other, it doesn't surprise me in the least to see the path that Todd is on. As I sat down this summer to interview Todd, there were several key areas that I wanted to ask him about in order to learn more about his journey. I wanted to learn more about how his faith has carved out a specific path for him. I also wanted to learn about what inspired him to take the leap into becoming an artist and an author, yet how he has been able to balance these pursuits with his work as a firefighter. As well, I wanted to learn more about the internal forces that drive him towards better understanding himself in an effort to strive for both personal and professional excellence in his life. You're going to hear about Todd's book, 40 Days in the Man Cave, and the role that critical self-reflection has played in his life. In particular, you are going to learn about how Todd has had to deal with the gripping hand of depression and the impact that this has had on his life. And I really commend Todd for being so open about this part of his life. It's not easy to discuss these things, but in sharing our struggles, I truly believe that there is so much to be learned about how we deal with life and with others when we authentically open up and share our difficulties and and struggles that we face. I hope you take the time to listen to this episode in its entirety and that it sparks reflection within yourself. And I hope that you're left answering these questions about who you are and what you offer the world. What are the gifts that you've been given in life? How do you honor and develop these gifts within yourself? And how are these gifts making a difference to others in your life and in the world? I truly believe that our gifts and talents need to be embraced and spending the time to better understand what these gifts are can have a huge impact on the world around us. 
Again, thanks for listening to this episode and for um, really taking the time to tune into my podcast. It's a passion project of mine, uh, and I, I genuinely love to hear people's stories. And in this case, sitting down with Todd, a person I've known for most of my life, and having a sincere dis- discussion was a, a really meaningful part of my summer vacation this year. So, Todd, thank you for being a guest on the show. Everybody, you can connect with Todd. Just check out the show notes. And without further ado, my episode with Todd Stahl. So, Todd, it's amazing to have you on my show. And before we even get into, you know, kind of the work that you do, I want to just set the backstory a little bit, uh, which is pretty cool because, um, you know, out of all the people on Earth, outside of my family, I've probably known you the longest. (laughs) You know, when we... When we dig back, um, Todd and I went to grade school, elementary school together, and we were just trying to figure out when we started school together, and and the year 1975 popped up. 75, so, 76, it's yeah, got to be right in there. So we have known each other for approximately 42 years. 42 years. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. Yeah. It and, is amazing. And I can think back like we did today on yeah. the golf course. Yeah. I talk about your dog. And yeah. playing football and yeah. all these things and you just think wow that's that's 35 35 years ago maybe yeah, 38 yeah. years yeah. ago oh my goodness where I threw I threw Todd a pass I said go catch and he runs down and I throw him a pass and my German Shepherd dog runs out and bites him in the calf <laughs> which <laughs> down clamped down on my calf yeah. um, oh. So that's what's cool. So, Todd, you and I, we've known each other a long time. We haven't seen a lot of each other over the last, you know, 20 years, 20, 30 years, really. No. We played golf a few years ago, but we've we've stayed in touch and we communicate a couple times a year. And I knew I was coming back uh, to our hometown and uh, we decided to play golf today. And you're doing pretty pretty unique work. And and when I asked you to meet me on the golf course today, um, mm-hmm. well, I asked you last week, and we made yeah. a time today. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad this time worked out. But I also invited you to be on the podcast to share some of the cool stuff that you're doing. And you've got a really unique journey and a unique story. And this podcast is all about sharing mm-hmm. unique stories and unique journeys. So to give the listeners a, a little bit of an insight or glimpse into your life and what you do, mm-hmm. just talk about your present work and some of the things that, that you're focused on and some of the things that you do. Sure. Um, right now, I am a firefighter, and I'm a first-class uh, North American certified firefighter. So I've been doing that now for 14, this is my 14th year. So I'm enjoying that. I, uh, I really I love every aspect of the firefighting career. Um, to me, because, well, as you know, ath- athletics, you're a team-oriented. Yeah. And to me, that's one of those things that's just uh, very much a team-oriented uh, occupation. Yeah. So I, I do that. Um, I am an illustrator, uh, artist. I wrote a book. Um, so, Which we're looking at right now. Yeah, it's on the table. Yeah. Tell people the title of the book. My book is called 40 Days in the Man Cave. And it's a, uh, it's a book basically geared for men, obviously, and uh, uh, young, young men. I would say probably you know, 16, 18 years old and on up, right up to mm-hmm. grandfathers. And it's just encouraging men to um, set aside one little cliche that I say in there is 10 minutes a day to change your life. Beautiful. And you know what? Sometimes I find that that's all it takes for guys. Like we'll uh, we'll find that there'll be tons of women's books out there for devotionals and different things for spiritually based, um, but guys won't do it. And and there's very limited resources out there for men. Whereas women, there's just tons and tons of options. Yeah. So that was one thing that that led me to uh, to write the book. I was very passionate about it. So I did that. And um, the other thing that I do, which is uh, just a few days a week, uh, there's a number of volunteers that work there, but I'm actually a paid employee. There's three of us that are paid employees. So I work for a company called Gleaners, and there's seven of these operations throughout Canada. Um, So ours is in Ontario here, obviously, and there's another one in Cambridge, Ontario. 
But what we do, because Leamington is such a rich area for vegetables and produce... So we're talking, just to give some backstory, Leamington, yes. Ontario, the most southerly town in Canada. Yeah. Very agriculture, yeah. Uh, farming-based. <clears throat> and because there's so much farming, there's there's excess produce? or Yes, yeah. there's excess produce and tons. And sadly, you know, uh, with these um, produce companies, in order to ship their product, it actually has to be perfect. Yeah. And that's what people want on the shelf. They want to see it looking flawless. So there's a lot of waste on seconds, which is absolutely nothing wrong with the product, uh, but that'll go to a landfill. So we take just a tiny portion of that product, which is given to us for free. Um, We'll turn that into a diced product that we will dehydrate for a couple hours. And then um, once a month or once every two months, we will package that product into a three-pound bag of soup mix, dehydrated soup mix. And then we ship that all over the world to hungry people. So it's really rewarding. So, um, you know, it's funny. Some of the things that I'm I'm doing now, like the book and firefighting and gleaners, um, there's a... There's a service connection. There's and, a service and, connection of helping people. Yeah, yeah. and that's what we, we talked about today. So we, we caught up today on the course because I think it had been probably five or six years since yeah, we last played so. golf together. Yeah. So a lot has happened in our lives, both of us. Yeah. And when I hear the work that you're doing, and, and I have a great appreciation for it, because it really is, um, you've got a lot of things happening, and you had a different career before. Right. A, a very stable career, a career that you could depend on, a career that could have t- taken you right into retirement. Mm-hmm. Um so just tell people a little bit about that, and then that will kind of set the stage for where we go okay. to learn more about you. Yeah, um, I went through graphic design in college, and then um, after I was done that, I, I got into the family-run business, so it was a lighting and electrical company, and you know what? Things were fine, you know, you get a nice paycheck, and it's, yeah. it's comfortable, you're working with your father, and I had a great relationship with my dad, um, but you know, retail is a difficult thing. Thing, and it's a challenging thing and it's so competitive and so you know after 15 20 years of that you just get to a point where you're just restless and you want something that you're more passionate about and and that certainly wasn't something that I would say that I was passionate about it was more of a learned skill yeah um, you know sales I, I believe you can you can learn and you can excel at it but it takes work and um, but it wasn't something that I truly enjoyed and I knew all along that, um, you know, with kids and different things, op- opportunity would come for art, yeah. but uh, I didn't get at it for, you know, quite a, quite a few years, probably you, 20 years after. Yeah, and, and that's something, and, and I said this to you today, that growing up with you, literally going to school with you every day through elementary school, mm-hmm. I remember that you obviously you were an athlete you were a hockey player you were track and field you were mm-hmm. you were great you excelled at track and field uh and i clearly clearly remember your artistic talent and your your illustration skills and to me it's kind of like you know when i hear your story and then you you go off obviously working in your family company mm-hmm. was a part of what you did and and then that took you away from, you know, kind of the passions that you originally had. Absolutely. And it's not a bad thing that that happened, right? No, it's not a bad thing. And, you know, you always want to be careful because you don't you don't want to hurt uh, feelings. Like, I mean, like I said, I had a great relationship with my dad and, and it provided a, a good income. Yeah. But I think he knew all along, too, like the deep seat inside Something me. Something inside of you. Yeah, it was more, more passionate. Uh, he probably knew that I, I probably should be doing, you know, more something geared to my talents and skills. So um, I think that's where I, at the end there, it would, could have been a blessing that the business kind of, we decided to shut it down. My dad was at a retirement age and that in a way kind of forced me to kind of reevaluate, okay, I need to get into the things that, uh, you know, I feel are my passions so what lingering questions did you have within yourself during that time frame so you're sh- the family business is shutting down you have options you can continue in the family business and 
have a very stable life and a stable job and a stable income. Yet there was something we talked about that nudge today. There was something that was nudging you on a different path. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the questions or conversations that you toyed with within yourself that, you know, I guess pushed you to make that break and to pursue your initial passions? I think, you know, one thing that um, we didn't talk about today, we talked about a lot of things, but <laughs> one thing we, I didn't talk about is... I always used to have um, sort of like a vision in my head or something about um, stepping out of the boat. All right. There was like a, a plank on the side of the boat and I would walk out to the kind of partially out to the edge of the plank, but I wouldn't actually jump in. And I know, you know, looking back, I'm sure that was fear. Yeah. And, you know, the fear of the fact that regardless of whether, you know, people said, oh, Todd, you, you know, you're so talented, you should you should pursue your art. In my heart, I just thought, you know, I can't make a career out of this. I need to, I need to play it safe, and so that's what I did. I played it safe, and and I think that causes regrets, and I think you you become frustrated and different things. So maybe just walking that plank and just finally, you know, diving taking in, taking the leap, taking the leap, and yeah. even if it's baby steps, you know, I have a, a piece of art that I did one time, um, and it says, uh, "It takes two. And then I finished it and I thought, oh, you know what? That's kind of cool. But then I took an old pair of shoes and I dipped the, the feet in red paint and I just kind of splattered them yeah. on top of the drawing of It Takes Two. And to me, that was a sign to tell people and others, you know, one foot is fine. You know what? Everybody can take one foot. That's very safe. Yeah. yeah. But as soon as you put two steps in, you know, you're, committed. you're being committed. Yeah. yeah. And so that was one of the first drawings that I did, like after I kind of got out of the business and everything and, and started, um, you know, getting into to spend the more time yeah. developing or exploring your creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and uh, that's one thing that we talked about too, is like the artwork that I do always tends to have this, um, sort of like a theme, like words in it. And they're not a lot of words or anything, but they're just little things just subtle for reminders for myself or for people that, that uh, look at the art um, just to kind of, you know, reevaluate or yeah. rethink about what reframe. you're doing. Reframe. Yeah. 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 And we talked about that idea that, that um, some of those, the text that you use on, on your artwork is uh, kind of like mantras. Yeah. You know, so speak about that a little bit in terms of the mantras that you had had created on your artwork as you because I I feel as though in hearing your story I feel I, I and again it's that idea of taking the leap into the unknown mm-hmm. and then and then you're completely on your own yeah. left to your own devices and your own talents and your own skills and how you're going to make a difference yeah and when you commit to that, then suddenly you get glimpses of insight. So I think the mantras that you talked about or that text on the, the your artwork um, was a step in that direction. For so sure. So just, just share some of that. Yeah, like um, I had written down a few. Like um, one of them, I had a, a leaf and I, and I just wrote across it, turn one over. And, you know, again, that's one of those things where you just whether it's you're down the wrong path or you're not really doing what you you want to do or something so you just turn one over so that was one another one i had drawn was um a picture of myself and again a pair of feet and it said over my head and under his feet mm-hmm. so i mean that that does have spiritual meaning to it but again anything that's over your head is really out of your control yeah right but it's never not out of control for God or yeah. spiritually based because it's, you know, it's uh, under his feet, right? Yeah. So it's just, it's something that he can take care of. Why do we need to pick it up all the time? You know, yeah. like a backpack, you, you fill it full of all the things that you think you can control and then you get tired of it and you go and chuck the backpack. Yeah. First thing you do is you walk away, you feel good. And then you think, maybe I should just go over there and just grab that backpack again yeah, yeah. and open it up and see what I can, you know, unpack Take again. Yeah. And that's not, that's not it. Um, another one, uh, a really one that I loved was called, uh, turn scars to stars. Yeah. 
Now, unfortunately, I had gone through, um, you know, divorce and I was frustrated about situations on that. And I remember drawing this out and I had, you know, a bunch of uh, stars kind of blasting and uh, like chains. There yeah. were a big set of heavy, heavy chains, but the chain link, the last chain link was just like blown apart. Yeah. And those chains that were blown apart had turned into stars. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what, turn your scars to stars. And that could be for any, anything in people's life, be, yeah. not, not necessarily divorce, but you know, challenges or sicknesses or health, all those things, Yeah, you know, they can be turned around and they, they turn, uh, an awful thing into a phenomenal thing. Yeah. Right. And, and you're, you're leaving a lasting impression on people or they're seeing, look how that person turned that awful tragedy into something unreal. Yeah. You know, so it just, I think it, I think it's, it's a healing thing for me to do the art. And then it's also a healing thing um, to present it to people yeah. and then they recognize in their life and then have wow. it connect, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. and I think that's, what's, um, so cool about the work that you do is it, it really is from the heart and there's meaning there. It's an expression of your own journey. Mm-hmm. And f- for you and from what I hear, it's that element of human connection and creating this art, not only for yourself, for others, but then through your art, you then connect with others absolutely, and then you share similar stories. And, and one of the things we talked about was, um, your faith. And I, I know that your faith has been a very important part of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and a a lot of what you do is based on your faith, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so speak to kind of how you the intricacies of your faith and your art and your work and every the service element Mm -hmm. and how you tie that all together i think probably the easiest way to tie those in together is like you know i look i look down at the book and um you know i see the results of years i know you journal yeah you said you journal i've journaled for years and years as well and i think that um, the book writing that is kind of like a culmination of those things so within the book it's giving kind of like my testimony of what the impact of god is in my life yeah um the importance of like i, I just find um i, I tend to be a, a negative person yeah. or a little bit in uh, depression mode but the the book is kind of telling people the process for myself of um, in the mornings or at night, if I read something that's positive, read the Bible, uh, something spiritual, it kind of centers me back again. And kind of if I'm falling off the tracks, it's like, you know, somebody picks me up, lifts me up, sets me right back on the track yeah. again. And so that's what I wanted to do for other guys. I wanted them to hear kind of like raw personal stories about my life yeah. and how, you know, how did I handle them? what worked for me, what didn't work for me, um, being a dad, all these kind of things. Um, and, and just kind of help guys recognize that, you know what, 10 minutes a day of whatever it is, getting in your cave, Mm -hmm. like the importance obviously of getting in your cave, getting quiet and just kind of re recalibrating. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't take a lot of time. I honestly feel like that's why I say 10 minutes is all it takes. And so within the book, I thought, you know what? I was, I was struggling to do, there's 40 devotions. Uh, I had about 34 done and I thought, man, I'm, I've kind of hit a wall here yeah. and I wanted to get to 40. And then I thought, you know what I should do is just put some of these pictures of the art and kind of tell my story why I did those pieces of art. And uh, I, I thought they would be quite impactful too. And I still think they're kind of manly. They're not like flowery drawings or anything like that. They're more like we talked about words and, and, uh, you know, vivid, rustic um, pieces of art. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So to me, that that is um, probably the key thing of my for spiritual, if you're asking me about this, the spiritual aspect of it. That was um, the most important thing in my life, I think, is is just uh, following up with that same routine as much as I could every yeah. day or consist, try and be as consistent as possible. 
and then yeah sharing that with other guys yeah and that's that element of um 40 days in the man cave is a is a testament to the power of critical self-reflection yeah because and that uh, self-reflection plays a big part of the work that i do and it's that idea that you're saying devote 10 minutes a day to this Mm -hmm. and to and and your faith plays a very important part of this and you and i spoke about your faith and my faith is i'm not going to say different but my faith is like um looking at oneself and believing that god exists within each of us Mm -hmm. you know so i don't go to church but i'm i consider myself deeply spiritual and it's a greater understanding that i strive for every day you know over the last 10 years 10 12 years in trying to understand this and I never have the answers but what I do know is when you when you identify the guiding principles that work for you mm-hmm. and you you create this harmony in your life and that's what I connect with most in your story so that this 40 days in the man cave and the 10 minutes to me is our Neela and I our meditative practice and mm-hmm. And our our devotion to being with yourself and your thoughts, mm-hmm. and then through that, if it's through meditation or if it's through prayer, you 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 get answers, you glean insight into important answers Absolutely. and questions. Absolutely, yeah. So it's that idea of really working on developing routines that serve you best. That help you to align as we talked about today our um, thoughts actions and words right yeah that's right yeah and i and you know i know um your audience obviously is men and women and uh, uh, people all over the world but obviously this book is just it's for a man's devotional but it doesn't mean but the principles the, like you said that's what i mean the, the principles. principles are there and um yeah, I, I think it's attainable, too. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we hear so many things out there, like we're bombarded by, try this, try that, try that. I think sometimes just simplifying it down, what works for you, and also, you know, hearing the fact that it's manageable. It's like, hey, I can, I think I can give 10 minutes a day, you know, yeah, and, sure. not, and not beating yourself up over it. And um, yeah, so I, I've heard lots of great feedback with it and uh, and we talked about that again today like it's um it's not what you why you do it but it's rewarding to know that it's something that um you know people are coming to you and saying you know what i appreciate what you said yeah i i thank you for being so honest thank you for telling your story i had no idea you know um a lot of people they kind of mask over things but totally. yeah and it's not easy right yeah to to put down in words um what you've gone through or emotions or whether it's um you know embarrassing or different things yeah. like that but in the end the truth is what really i think is the most powerful the effect truth on sets people. you free right yeah <laughs> it sets you free and it sets yeah. other free so yeah. yeah and we we talked today and a lot of the the work that i'm doing right now is related to um really understanding the guiding principles to bring about peak performance mm-hmm. whatever that is if mm-hmm. you're an athlete an artist a musician what whatever it is mm-hmm. is bringing about peak performance and um, you know these guiding principles are so important in to identify mm-hmm. right um, so what is your advice for people that are kind of struggling a little bit regardless of their industry if they're an educator or an artist or a business person but what is some uh, man or woman doesn't matter okay. but just mm-hmm. that that idea of you have to make yourself vulnerable and, and you have to be your authentic self. Mm-hmm. So what is your advice or questions that people can ask themselves to get them on that path to reflect on those important things? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I would say probably, you know, I'm, I'm uh, a pretty safe person. Yeah. So um I would say for me is, uh, you know, going back to that plank, you know, mm-hmm. stepping out, 
Yeah. Try, try stepping out a little bit further and a little bit further. You know, um, you may not be ready to just completely dive into a full new career or, you know, selling your house and moving to some remote place or whatever. I, I think it's just taking baby steps or something. Um, this is probably to the person that is low risk, you yes. know, to a high risk person. This is a no brainer. It's yeah, like, yeah. okay, let's just do this. Right. But uh, what worked for me, I guess I could say, is the fact that I would just um, have to, yeah, just take it in small steps. If it was the art, just get downstairs and start and start, start working on a piece. Don't beat myself up. Don't say, you know, oh, that's not not really very good or something. You know what? Um, just start. Keep yeah. going. It's, you're just going to improve on those things. And um and uh, yeah, and, and then, keep taking those steps forward. And, yeah, and that's um, one of the things that there's. You know, we talk about FOMO, fear of missing out, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and but the the idea now is FOPO, which is fear of other people's opinions. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we talked about that a little bit today. And it's this idea that there is so much fear there. Like back, you know, we're as humans uh, from an evolutionary point of view. You know, our default setting is to scan for fear. Yeah. And to scan for what's not working in our life. Yeah. And to identify what's not working because that's what we did thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. We immediately looked to our surroundings and assessed. And, you know, so you're always scanning for what's going to saber tooth tiger that's going to jump out and (laughs) bite your head off. Yeah. And now in modern times, it, it really is the idea of our biggest fear is what other people think of us. Yeah, you're you so know, worried about self-judgment, mm-hmm. you know, anxiety, fear, going back to men, even more prevalent in men, not more prevalent in men, but an unwillingness to talk about it as a man. And right. when you look at suicide rates, and I gave this statistic at a talk that I gave in Poland a few months ago. Uh, and I wanted to start the conference with this statistic, which is in 2030, by 2030, suicide is going to be the leading cause of death worldwide. It's horrible. And yeah. when you look at that, and there's a number of factors, it's, it's lack of movement, it's lack of social connection, lack mm-hmm. of human connection, hmm. you know, and you can connect socially, but we're now missing that element of face-to-face human connection, mm-hmm. the important things, you know? Mm-hmm. So... For men, it becomes even harder, and and the suicide rates among twenty five to forty five year old men is is extraordinarily yeah. high, it's, you know, it's and, it's and increasing. You and I talked about depression today, yeah. and I, you know, and you know the depression in my family. I know the depression in your family, yeah. Yeah. and we literally grew up like five hundred meters apart. Yeah, we in, and yet it was all around our families. Yeah. yeah. So speak to, and I know you're comfortable with talking about your own depression. And we, yep. we talked about that today, but yep. speak to that and, and how you're constantly trying to calibrate and recalibrate in order to deal with your depression, but to also be your best personal and professional self. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, those that's a heavy one and uh, you're right. Like, you know, a few years back I wouldn't feel comfortable talking about depression, but now more and more people are and I and I think the fact that if I do talk about it, it uh, it it just makes more awareness of it. Um, I've got to give, you know, my wife credit because she she was uh, very instrumental in helping me recognize that, you know, I I needed to get help and that you know, I had been fighting it for a long, long time, and it was wearing me out. Yeah, and and that's just not healthy. Like, and the fact that I kept thinking that if I try a little harder, I'm going to be able to overcome this, but then recognizing, yeah, like you said, it's 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 in my family genes. Unfortunately, it was like my aunt, my grandma, my grandpa, um, and you had experienced suicide in your family, yeah, depression as yes, well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and. Um, I, I think I just got to a point where I just couldn't, couldn't do it anymore, mm-hmm. um, or else something worse would happen. Um, so I did seek help and that was, uh, you know, through counseling and that, and that's been good. And, um, 
But I think it's just an everyday thing that you have to recognize. Again, I keep we we talked about this so much today. Yeah. But one thing is is just having um, you know an attitude of. Uh, thanks and gratefulness yes and a relationship with the lord for for myself like yeah. you know you you have to just give it over and um not try and just fight it yourself and that and it really was a fight so to me now that i start i'm starting to feel much healthier uh i have clearer thoughts and uh, I feel like I want to participate in more things. I want to try more art. You know, I feel good about myself. Yeah. And in most in most situations, you know, it's always going to be a fight. Yeah. But it's such a relief. And yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I just feel so bad for people that are battling depression because, as you know, for uh, for your family, my family, myself. Um, yeah, it's not. It's it's awful. It's like handcuffs and chains and shackles. Yeah. Like Harry Houdini. Oh, it's, you know, like being constantly chained yeah. up, and, and you can't break free of it. And, it's it's awful. And, and that's, I'd feel so bad. Um, you know, I have kids, and you you don't want to show that to them, or heaven forbid that it might be passed on to them because of what you've done. So it's like a big heavy on you. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I am. I'm very relieved that uh, I would say counseling and my wife's encouragement and not giving up you know she just you know was persistent yeah in a, in a very good way um to to get me get me some help and and uh, stick by me you know yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's beautiful and, and that's great advice too and i think dealing with it head on is what's most important and although I've never suffered from deep depression I've, I've definitely had bouts of mild depression mm-hmm. and really identifying with some of the feelings that you've experienced from, from your depression and it's like for me it was um, exercise and mm-hmm. sport and connection your firefighting is about connecting with others mm-hmm. and this brotherhood and I don't yeah. say that in a masculine or feminine way really when it comes down to it, it it is just this element of human connection yeah and being there for a common cause and and there's there's so much evidence now to back up the power of social connection and the power of relationships and mm-hmm. the power in investing in others yeah regardless if they are different if they have a different faith or whatever it is but the power of investing in others and as introverts, and you and I are both introverts, and you know, I, I connect socially and I feel extroverted at times, but I always go back to that need for quiet time to recalibrate, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's for men in particular, and this is not to downplay the importance of de- you know, uh, the prevalence of depression among women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kate Spade, the recent, yeah. you know, she committed suicide recently, mm-hmm. Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. So it's not gender specific, no. but females are much more willing to open up and to connect and share. And you're right that, you know, when it comes to men, men, you know, this, this tough persona you have to put on uh, doesn't work anymore. No, you it know? doesn't. And, and it's no. it's about the idea that we ourselves have to be more ourselves in order to be there for others. Mm-hmm. And it's investing in ourselves as much in this element of self-compassion and to reframe the narratives that we create. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you jumping into the work that you're doing, and I want to talk more about your work in art and I think it's really admirable that after such a long hiatus, you, you jumped in and you committed back to something you're passionate about. We talked about that idea of flow, you know? Yeah. And for you as an artist to create your best work, what conditions have to be present? You know, because there's a lot of evidence to say you need at least 20 to 25 minutes to slip into that really productive state. Mm-hmm. But what conditions for you have to be present for you to really get into flow to produce some really meaningful work? I think you know. Um, I think it's just being passionate about um, the subject too. Yeah. So, taking for example, uh, this is one that I think is really interesting. 
uh, right now I'm presently working on a children's illustration book. And so um, I'm a preferred illustrator for this one company. And so when you're doing a publishing a book, you have the opportunity to choose an artist of who they find is, you know, attractive to them as far as their skills and their yeah. look of their work. So this one girl from California, she got in touch with me and she said, hey, I've seen your work on your website and I'd like you to take a look at my manuscript and would you be interested in it? And I thought, you know, sure. So she sent me this manuscript and I thought, you know, how interesting is this? She wanted a story about a llama and uh, this llama was not happy with his life. And he, every day, he took a load of uh, lima beans on his back and took them down to the shipyard, and he'd drop off his beans, go back up and follow the same routine. The mundane The mundane of, routine, yeah. you know. <laughs> and right away on the first page, she captivated me because it was only like a three, uh, you know, three pages or something like that of uh, script. And so I started reading, and I was thinking, oh, this is, this is interesting. You know, where are we going with this? <laughs> And so there were numerous llamas that were in this group, and they would always, every day, do this. This other set of llamas with Lawrence, the llama, um, they were content, and they were happy and smiling, and Lawrence could never figure out why they're, you know, why are they so happy? And uh, so anyways, he, throughout the story, I'm just going to shorten it up, but he, he just couldn't uh, come to the, you know, solution of there's got to be a better life yeah. anyways. So in the end, he, he finds a better life. He's determined he's going to search for a better life, and he's going to find another route and a better purpose for his life. And he does so, and he joins up with another group, and they recognize all his skills and traits. Beautiful. And, you know, it, it, it carries on, and there is a biblical message to it, obviously. But that one in particular really stood out to me because yeah, I'm thinking, you know, it's kind of like my life, you know, sure, like, I, again, I'm, I'm not complaining about my life before with my job and different things. It was, it was fine, but it wasn't what I knew were my passions. And if you, if you're not really pursuing your passions in some capacity, like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you have a fantastic job as an accountant, but you're, you know your outlet or your avenue is art or some other yeah. passion or music or whatever you're you're fulfilling that but at least you're fulfilling it and so for me i knew if i'm not going to get it one way i need to do it another or, or make time for yeah. it and and yeah like kind of tying it in with this lawrence the llama i think with me getting into a little bit of art and carrying on and pursuing that that's where i get my flow and when I'm downstairs now in my man cave, yeah. quiet, or I turn on some just music that I love and get into the flow and rhythm of doing the artwork, that's when I find, you know, I'm, I'm peaceful, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, it's self-worth. Do you have to let stuff go to be your creative Yeah, best? I definitely would say I have to let stuff go. Like, I, um, I just kind of have to put put all my focus and energy into the art and yeah. and the layout and everything like that. Because, yeah, if you start being bombarded by debts or worries or finances or, you know, different things. Stifling. It, it stifles, yeah, yeah. yeah. It stifles your creativity and, and um, yeah, I don't think you can actually pursue pursue it properly or give it your full yeah. passion. So that's why I would say where my flow comes from, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And... One of the stories you reminded me of today, and I remember connecting with you a few years ago. And what's cool about our story is that, um, you know, we didn't talk for 20 years. And then we reconnected on Facebook. Yeah, right? yeah. It's and then just that, amazing. that led to, like, some discussions. And, and then we had one discussion on Facebook where you told me that you had heart surgery. Mm-hmm. And then you went into this pretty cool, amazing <laughs> story, and you reminded me of that story today. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and it's it's pretty amazing, right? It, it's a, so it's pretty just amazing. To, just yeah. to frame it, um, that was how many years ago? That was in 2014. Okay, so it was Surgery four was years ago. Yeah. yeah, but then we're going to go back to 2011, That's or 2010. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. <clears throat> To frame the story, Todd and I were 
we connected on Facebook. And then um, I think you had either, you, I think you were just about to go into surgery or when that happened. Yeah. And then we had connected afterwards. And then you told me, we connected the dots with the story. Yeah. So for those of you listening right now, Todd has a heartfelt story. <laughs> and I don't use that lightly in saying heartfelt because it, it is such a cool story. So Todd, take it away and, <laughs> and share the, the heartfelt story. Okay. Well, <clears throat> you know, we're on, we're on the art theme a little bit on passions and flow and different things. Um, this was a time in 2011 that I do believe um, after going through divorce, I really got back into art. And that was like, and I've told people too on other interviews and things about the book and and uh, my art, is that it was a healing for me. Like getting back into art really did kind of heal, heal my heart, my emotions, all these different things. Um, so <clears throat> one night I was uh, just outside I had some free time I, I think my son was was gone out that that night so I just thought you know I would love to draw something I've got some free time so I went for a walk and I opened the front door I didn't even get to the end of the driveway and I kind of got an idea of or vision whatever you want to call it of a heart with a band-aid across it in the lower right corner and I thought, okay, that's interesting. So <laughs> I, I went back in the house and probably within two or three hours, I had um, completed this piece of art. It just, the flow was right there, yeah. like you say. So it's a, it's a picture of a heart with yep. the Band-Aid on the lower... Lower right corner. And the significance of the Band-Aid. Yeah. So was. there was also a whole bunch of... I, I drew the heart and it had multiple colors in it. But underneath the band-aid, it was like black. Yeah. Some parts were red and everything, and others were like purple and, and different colors. But then for some reason, I don't know why, I had a black line of uh, just uh, weaved, almost like string, like round and around and around the heart from, from side to side and front to back, all, all over. And um, again, I thought back then it was, you know, my heart was kind of, tied up I was tightened yeah. up in strings and I, I wasn't free basically yeah, yeah. and you know the feeling of being hurt and different things yeah. so the band-aid was on it in my mind that's what the reason was yeah and I thought okay cool so I finished it and 2011 I would, yeah 2011 yeah. I would show people that art and they would you know they would really you know feel like yeah. heavy emotion from it and they'd say wow that is really powerful and tell me about it so I tell them that story but then in 2013 and early 2014 I was playing hockey I was cutting the lawn and I was getting these blurred vision especially playing hockey I would I would come off the ice and sit down and I would get like really blurred vision played for hockey about, your whole life so you played so hockey you know yeah. something's not right yeah like my whole life and I never had issues like this until my heart would kind of, you know, calm down or whatever, and then the vision thing would be fine. But I thought, yeah, there's something's not right. I'm not overweight or any any of these different things that maybe would cause trauma. So I finally uh, had some pain up into my jaw and different things, and I thought I need to go in and get this looked at. So I did. The doctor assessed me, and he said you have a problem with your mitral valve and he said it's a problem that if we don't get it fixed um, your heart will enlarge and then we will repair the mitral valve but your heart has had the damage you, it, it's irreparable like you've you've done too much damage so he said I'm going to send you to London so Sherry and I got in the car and we went to London basically we had a meeting there with the doctor and he he said okay this is the problem. I'm going to tell you right now. He opened a book and he had a picture of a heart on it. And he said, <clears throat> and this is a specialist in, in London. Yeah. He said, um, here's a picture of a heart. And he said, here's a problem right here. And he grabbed a pencil and he circled and circled and circled right in the kind of like the bottom corner. He said, the problem is right there, your mitral valve. And he said, you're, it's flapping around all over the place. It's not making a proper seal, and we need to get that fixed. And he said, it, a mitral valve has strings on it, 
and these strings are supposed to be nice and snug so that it makes a perfect seal. And he said, your strings are all loose. It's like they're flying all over the place. Well, you know, my mind is starting to go back to this piece of art. I'm thinking, okay, the heart and now the strings. And the yeah. strings that I drew were wide open. Three all, years before. Three years before. And then the key thing that really got Sherry and I, and she got really emotional about it, is he said, right here in the bottom, you're too young to replace it. I really don't want to replace your mitral valve. I would rather repair it if I can. And then he hesitated. He said, it's kind of like putting a really strong Band-Aid on your heart. That's what he said to me. Isn't that amazing? eh? And we just were like, Oh my goodness. Did you show him the picture? I did. Actually, you know what was cool is after he did the surgery, I went back for my six-week checkup and I blew up a picture and put it on a canvas. Yeah. And I took him in and I told him the story and we got pictures and everything. And he was just like, wow. You know, and he looked at his partner who, who was in surgery with him uh, to do the the repair. He said, well, he tapped the picture. He says, this is what we do right there. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. So I love telling that to people because I just know, you know, in, in my physical heart that there has to be a God, yeah. right? Yeah, and, yeah. and he was looking after me. He laid it on my heart to, to come up with this art design, which he knows that I love to do art. And then for, like I said today, to, um, to give a card or something with that design on it to people. And, yeah. and there's no writing in the card or anything like that. And just for them to feel emotional and, and you know, it, it says something to them or it affects them in some way. And it's, it's a very powerful, positive thing. Yeah. So, yeah. How did that change you moving forward? Well, <clears throat> I think, uh, let me see, how did it change me? I think it, it gave me... Or what questions did it give you or like what insight or, you know, whatever. Uh, I think just the fact that, uh, you know, I, th- I think on a spiritual level, um, again... Confirmation. God, confirmation. Yeah. And God, you know, knows, he knows the tiniest details. And he cares about, you know, cares about me to the nth degree, yeah. right? For me to even think about the strings. And then he says the strings and the band-aid. Like, I mean, those aren't coincidences, yeah. you know. And, uh, yeah, uh, I I just feel like now I have, I used to think before, too, I really, my life is boring, you know. Yeah. I lived in a small town. I worked for my dad all my yeah. life. I had two kids, boy and a girl, you know. And yeah. I played a little bit of hockey and just lived a normal life. I really didn't feel like I had much of a testimony or a story. Well, I now I you're, think I do. You're you know? living it, and, I, and you're committed to sharing it through yeah. your, your work and vision. So yeah. I've got a, a question that's kind of a twofold question, and it's it's a question that and you don't know I'm going to ask you this question, so I didn't tell you this one, right? But okay. it's, um, it's a time machine question. So mm. it's essentially... If you could go back to, you know, if we could go into a time machine and go back to your 18-year-old self or 24-year-old self, you you pick the age, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But if you could go back and then spend one minute with yourself Mm -hmm. and you could offer yourself only one minute of advice, Mm -hmm. what would you say to your younger self? And then Mm -hmm. I want to jump forward 10 years, you know? And with that same idea, if you could project forward, what advice would you give your future self? But just focus on going back to, you know, your 20-year-old self or whatever it is. But you only have one minute. You just jump out. Hey, dude, what's going on? (laughs) Nice to see you. Hey, guess Uh, who I am? (laughs) uh, There's... You know what? There's probably a lot of things, but I'm just going to go with the first thing that you, you know, I think of when you, when you say that is probably, I would say, you know, be more of a risk taker, not, not like a daredevil, but be more calculated risk. Yeah. Like, you know what? Try things. Uh, Don't, don't be worried like, oh, you're going to fail, you know? Um, Yeah. Do bigger, bigger pieces of art or something like, um, don't feel like you have to be so controlled. 
and sew yeah. in a box like and have everything all kind of laid out yeah i would say to my younger self if i had that yeah which you try and do to your kids right because yeah, you want yeah. them yeah. to improve on what you you were so i i encourage my kids to yeah try that like do that don't don't be afraid like the worst thing that can happen is it didn't work out but then you have a story yeah for sure right yeah. so if you fail or something at least you can say oh geez i tried that and that was a bomb yeah. you know but or I learned. but i learned yeah or you know what who knows i could have uh, yeah i don't know it here and there and yeah you yeah. can yeah so yeah. it's like you i mean you know you could uh you could kick yourself for not going overseas. Yeah. Can you imagine your life if you didn't like, no, I, I know. Oh, I mean, I look at the, the power of the computer and different things like that. Yeah. I look at you guys over there and it's like, you're, you're happy for you. You're yeah, like, yeah. You're, you're just like so excited for you because you think, yeah, he, he could have decided to stay in Kingsville. Yeah. yeah. But no, he's giving these boys the life of, a dream yeah. what people would want, your, your passions, yeah. all these things. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you met my boys for the first time today. I'm, yeah. I'm happy you met them. Yeah, I'm happy. It's great. Too. I, and I like saying to my boys, hey, dudes, I went to grade school with this guy. <laughs> right? And then, uh, and then their, their jaw they're drops. They're kind of looking like, yeah, yeah, like grade two. You know? <laughs> Is that um, impossible? But if yeah. you were to flip forward, uh, what are your hopes and dreams if you could imagine yourself in 10 years and take that time machine forward, forward, what would you see in yourself? What, what are your hopes? I think, in, <clears throat> you know, I, I really hope that I continue to do the things like um, Guatemala going over there on missions trips and, and doing things like that. Because I don't know what it is about that, like you know numerous times we go over there and i'm sure that's a cliche too with people that do mission trips you go over to those places thinking man i'm really going to help them and it's going to be a big help you know yeah. and you come back way more fulfilled yes um and and grateful and all those things because those people are so kind and they're so happy with what they have, little they have, yeah. right? It makes you aware like, oh my goodness. You have everything. I have you know? everything, yeah. you know? And so you come back way, you've, you've gotten way more than what you did. So I, I hope we can continue missions. I, I really hope that I can continue to do more art and not be afraid to, you know, stick my neck out and try, try more art. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, you know, I, I'm, you have kids. I have kids. <laughs> you just, you love, uh, you love seeing their progression. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I get a lot of fulfillment out of that, like seeing how well my kids are doing or whatever. It's, it's just, uh, it's rewarding. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sure. but I um, love it. I love yeah. it. And, um, before we conclude the show, um, I want to thank you. And I think that the universe brings good people together. Yeah, it was great to be here with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And, and really awesome day. just think like, you know, it's just so amazing to hook up with you and like our original roots. In I know. Life, you know, um, so where can people find you on social media? So let, you know, any listeners know where can they find you? Where can they see your work and what you do? Okay. Um, my wife and I have a website called Take the 40 Day Challenge. So it's uh, take the and then the, the number 40 daychallenge.com that's for both of us yeah. um, because my wife's written two books and and then we have a challenge that we do together to encourage people uh, to do the 10 minutes a day to yeah. change their life yeah um, so that's a great thing my website is just my name toddstall.com s-t-a-h-l yep yeah toddstall.com yeah and then and you're uh, on instagram I'm on Instagram. Um, my name Twitter? is Artversity. 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 And you're on Twitter as well. I'm on Twitter as well. Yeah. Same? Uh, it's Todd Stahl Art. Todd Stahl Art. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to include, include all those uh, links in the show notes. And uh, like I said, these, these moments are golden, you know, and I, I really appreciate this. And I appreciate yeah. uh, being able to play golf with you on our home course that we grew up on. This was a great uh, day. It, yeah. was a, it was a blast. And like yeah. you said, to see your boys, yeah. that was so cool. Yeah. And have, have a good afternoon and to do the podcast. Yeah, yeah. This was great. So uh, I'm going to include all the information. You're going to sign the book for me. Um, 
because I want an autographed, uh, well, it's autographed already, but I want a nice message in there. But um, thanks, Todd. And everybody listening, uh, I really recommend that you go check out Todd's work. Um, And uh, thanks again, Todd. And everybody, I really hope you come back to listen to future episodes. Thanks for listening to the Run Your Life podcast by Andy Bassman. To check out show notes, get some more information about Andy as well as his guests, head to our website, 21clradio.com.